This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. We're back with the Ajima Show. My name is Peter Kim. I'm your host. And I'm Anji Kim. I'm also your host. Thank you for listening. Wow, you are back. This is, we're 119 goddamn episodes in. Is it 119? Woo! 119? 119, baby. Oh my God, we're almost at 120. This is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. Who knew? Who knew we would last this long? And by the way, we have a lot of new uh, listeners. I know. I just, I just need you to know that Unji and I are not in the same room ever. Okay? <laughs> if you go back to the archives, our first, I don't know, 50, we are. Yeah, Because yeah. we both lived in Chicago. And we most of this podcast has been done remote. Mm-hmm. And you know, some people don't know that. Seriously? Yeah. And I, th- I feel like I noticed it, especially when I listen back to the episodes, because the ones when we're not in the room, I have we're, we're, we don't see each other's eyes or we don't see each other. So the we're not, cadence we're not is slapping isn't, each other's arms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the cadence isn't as immediate. You know, the, the chemistry is there. But the, but oh God, wait till you see us in a fucking room. You got to see us live. That's you got to see us say. live. Gotta, this is some shit you have to experience <laughs> live. Live. <laughs> In color, baby. <laughs> I mean, truly, like, I... Okay, Peter, this is before we go into the beautiful review that we are, by the way... Oh, my God. Listeners, we are currently at 92 reviews. Ah! Bitch, <laughs> you guys are doing it. We've given Y'all you a task. We give you a homework assignment, and you're like, yes, teacher. Bitch, yeah, you're showing the work. <laughs> <laughs> I, we're, we're almost there, but let me tell you this. Like, Ajima fans are the best. You guys are simply, simply the simply best. Simply the best. Like better I, than all the rest. <laughs> I truly went to a show on Sunday um, with no wallet, no keys, and no cell phone. The charger. fuck? Huh? A mess. The only thing of value I had in my bag, Peter, I'm not kidding, were my crystals. Tampon. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> like, I'm just Your wandering visit to LA gotcha, hun. quartz. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Truly insane. And so um there was an Ajima fan in the audience and she um she was like I was talking to her after the show. She was actually um a good friend of Helen and she had seen us live mm. at mm. the Steppenwolf show and like that oh. caused her to binge all of our episodes. So she's oh like a God. super fan. Love her. Love her. And so after, as I'm talking to her and I'm looking at my phone and my phone dies, I have no way of getting home, no wallet, no keys. She calls me an Uber. <gasps> no. Yes. Takes are you hand. serious? Yes. Ajima <gasps> fans are doing it because, oh my I, because God. Peter and I cannot do it for ourselves. <laughs> no, we are fucking messes. As you know, you listen to us every week. The trials and tribulations. Truly insane. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much. I want to thank her. Right? I mean, she's That has nothing to do with me, but wow, that's awesome. She called me Undi. I'm like, okay. I'm, oh, I'm, I was like an only child. I bet that your never heart melted. So, oh, Undi yeah, Undi. I, I also never hang I'm also getting to be old, so I see <laughs> why, uh-huh. like, you know, this is going to start happening to me more. So I'm getting cool with that. <laughs> As long as it's not, you know, um, 
like a ma'am. I think that would be worse. Like for some reason, ajima is okay to me, but ma'am. Ajima is okay. Ma'am, get the fuck out of that, here. Like, that makes out. Oh, that makes me feel ooh. ooh. Ma'am is the bastardized version of madam. Yeah. It, well, it, and madam always reminds me of like a brothel owner. See, I would like that. You like that, I madam? I would prefer madam because like that's a woman <laughs> with a job, a small business. And power. Power. Yes. <laughs> Influence. <laughs> ma'am is just an old bitch on a bus. Excuse me, ma'am. That's right. That's an old can, bitch. Can you stop hitting bus? me with your fucking plastic bag? <laughs> yes. Ma'am is a bitch on the bus with a pink plastic bag and there's a live chicken in there. Excuse me, <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> okay, so we are currently at 92 reviews. God damn. Eight, eight, eight reviews away from our 100 review goal. Wow, this is. We're so close. I could take it. <sighs> I could taste it. I could taste fucking it. taste it. And, our okay. latest, and this beautiful review, the late, one of our latest reviews is from, her name is Jess Chi Y. I'm just, I'm guessing. Jess Chi mm. Y. Mm. Uh, February 27th, 2020. The mm. review is titled, My Type of Coram. Okay. These, yeah, my Type of Coram. I love that. Coram. Coram, obviously short for? Korean American. Yes. Yes. These types of Korean Americans are my kind of people. Just weird, <laughs> liberal, rageful, reflective, gay, maternal, encouraging, and also keeping up with current events. Ooh, I like that. Weird, liberal, rageful, reflective. Okay, that's good. Um, it's one roller coaster you won't want to get off. Thank you, Jesse Chi Wow, Jesse Chi What a great <laughs> review. Thank you so much, but also weird. <laughs> the fuck? Encouraging. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Never. <laughs> no, thank you so much. We appreciate it. We feel seen. Thank you for listening. We appreciate um, you. We appreciate you. Now, we obviously have been set this goal of 100 reviews before we hit DC. As you know, DC Comedy, DC Comedy Loft, we're coming. Live show in Washington, DC, the nation's capital. We'll be there April 26th. It's also one of the cities in which... Uh, the COVID-19 has affected the least. That's right. That's right. As far as we, yes, as far as we know, because, you know, bitches be lying in D.C. <laughs> they trade in lies while we peddle in truth. <laughs> now, <laughs> um, so you can, yeah, go buy tickets at D.C. Comedy Live. Please, please come. Tell your ajumas, tell your harmonies, bring your ummas, bring your appas, your cousins, your gays, everyone. We want to see you. We want to have a celebration. It's going to be fun. Now, um, also, I just want to shout out one of our patron, uh, Patreon members. Oh, my God. I, I mean, I love all our Patreon members, but this member pledged $20 a month to zero. And that's not one of the levels we have set. We didn't Ugh. even, we couldn't dream that out loud. We couldn't, I was like, there's no way someone's going to give us 20. That's too much. <laughs> uh, we said five, 10 and 15 and 15. Even like when I think about someone giving us $15 a month, my hands start shaking. I'm like, like, you know? But 20 goddamn dollars, I got to call out his name. His name is David Kim. Thank you, David Kim. David! David! David Kim. Kim David. Wow. Thank you so much. You don't know how much this means to us. $20 a month from your pocket into our pockets. That's fucking amazing. And... Uh, you know, there's obviously a million David Kims out there. So who is this? Who knows? Maybe it's your friend, David Kim. You, and I'm sure people are listening going, mm, not my friend, David Kim. That's not the one. <laughs> but this David Kim. Wow. 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 Thank you so much. 
Now, what does this do for us? What does someone like David Kim giving us $20 a month do for us, oh, right? So here's here's some of those things. Ba- first and foremost, it helps us keep the actual thing running. I know this. I know podcasts are like, oh, whatever, podcasts, you just turn it on and you listen to it. But it's it, there's a lot that goes into it. There's hosting fees. There's marketing. You have to do fuck. You know, we're going to be doing uh, Instagram ads and shit like that to get DC people there. That's all money. You know, also, it helps us get to our fans. Our fans are all over the fucking world. As you know, you guys are all over the world. You're listening to this on this commute. You know what I mean? So, like, it helps us get to you. And as much as you like the podcast experience, honey, Unji and I are live comedians. You don't even know what the fuck you are missing. This is like tip of the iceberg shit. Most of the entertainment is under the water, hun. Yes, you don't even see. You don't even see it. These waters are running deep. Deep. (laughs) So you're going to want to come see us live. Um, Also, what it does is it it helps us invest in equipment so that we have the best equipment so that our sound and our quality for your ears and your cars or whatever your gym time is as good as it can be. Also, there's stuff like KCON. KoreaCon is coming up in LA and New York. I don't know if it's going to be canceled or not because you heard about South by Southwest? Mm-hmm. Canceled. Yes, canceled. Crazy. Coachella, apparently, Coachella is going to be canceled. October? Oh, did it move? Mm-hmm. They moved it to October. Uh, okay, well, that makes sense. Um, you know, shit like that. Like, we, we want to go to these things and, and cover these Korean events. Mm-hmm. Not Coachella, but KCON. And it, that's important for us to be plugged in. And I, by the way, if KCOM people are listening, I sent two different emails, one to info at and one for, at press at. If you know people at KCON, can you tell them to read their goddamn inboxes and get back to us? Because we just want some press passes to go cover it. I just want to see what it's about. I can tell it's a lot of K-pop stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which I love. But I want to see what it's about. All right. So that's the kind of stuff that it'll cover. Also, Last but not least, it helps feed Unji's young child. Yes, please. Okay, you're putting, you're putting pop into Soul's mouth. <laughs> That's what you are doing with Patreon. So thank you so much. <laughs> we appreciate you guys. Please, he's no, he's so hungry. He's so hungry. <laughs> yeah, he's- <laughs> um, so I have to tell you about this Good Citizen comedy show. Mm. I was going to ask you about it. Yeah, how'd it go? It was fantastic it was so first of all i know you're gonna get jealous about this but i I did bring my little air fryer and i plugged it in at the bar (laughs) (laughs) i carried that shit to the goddamn bar plugged it in started frying up some fucking mandu girl the people were living they were all like oh my god this is so good what's this and then i made it i made the mandu this time with a little bit of a different spice i put cumin in it people were like oh my god what is this it's it's, it tastes so mediterranean oh this is something's in here is this is this turmeric i'm like bitch it's cumin okay it's cumin in a mandu you don't think it's gonna work yeah it it works. Yeah, because cumin is also has like a different kind of umami. Like it's not yes. like it's an earthier. Like it's less fishy. It's more earthy. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it's still Woodsy. like a weird kind of saltiness though. <laughs> yes. And the the girls were living for it. So um, anyway, so Peter, I, I, I your did. Your brother the, gave you such a good gift. I use it literally every day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even use my TV remote every day. Okay, this air fryer, hun, that's the ticket. He like also give you like literally the means to start a small business. Like, <laughs> 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 like 
like you could go. Yeah, he bought me capital. <laughs> yeah, like you could go to any corner. Now you're selling. Like you're you can sell. On the oh, spot. I didn't sell the by the way. I didn't sell s- by the way. You were gonna sell them uncooked. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna sell them uncooked. But um, I, w- once I got there, I realized, ah, no, I should just give this away. What you gave yeah, them yeah. away? I gave them away, cause you know why? It was too much to ask Koreans to buy something that they have never tasted. So I was going to like make a few and then have the rest frozen. What? But guess what? They were going so fast that there was no way to even like what sell. There was no way to like get money. Venmo, none of it. LA has so, fucked you up. I don't even understand what you're talking about. When you go, when you go to a Kyoe and you like eat yeah. like the whatever a single piece of thuk, you have to leave a dollar. You don't just take it. What are you talking about? <laughs> this, see, this is why you don't have the experience of dealing drugs. All right? This is what a good drug dealer does is give the shit away for free for the first time and get the bitches hooked. Okay? okay? And the next time I come around, guess who's going to be foaming at the mouth to buy some cumin-ass mandu? It's going to be these bitches $5 right here. $5. Three. $5 for three. Anyway, I just realized that, that I, because I'm running this whole show by myself. It's not like I have a producer. I don't have anyone helping me, you know? So what am I, timing the comics, hosting, roasting them after they get off, and frying the mandu, and taking money, and You're doing, roasting, you know what I mean? Like, toasting, and frying? <laughs> <laughs> That's all, crazy. That's E, all of the above. <laughs> now, <laughs> I don't. I just didn't have the manpower. I don't until like this. This show gets bigger, and I have people coming up to me saying like, "Oh my god, I would love to help produce this show. This is exactly what I'm looking for. I want experience being your producer." Until someone does that to me, I just I have to put comedy first. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. So I gave it away for free. People are loving it. Of course, huge success. The the best part about the show mm-hmm. was that the entire place was ninety eight percent Korean people. Wow, ninety eight percent Korean people. That's why I knew this show would work in L A. because L A. is the highest amount of Korean population outside of Seoul. Yeah, yeah. It is. We have the numbers for it. We can do this. Yeah, yeah. Especially for because a monthly show. Yeah, yeah. Hold up, though. It is. Uh, well. Yes. No, it's not monthly. It's weekly? Starting, starting April 1st, it's going to be weekly, every Wednesday. Here's what I'm doing. Wow. Here's what I'm doing. I'm going to only book four comics. Okay. Four Koreans. Mm-hmm. I'm only booking Koreans. Okay. But if you're a comic and you're my friend and you are not Korean, you can always come and drop in for five-minute sets. Okay. Okay. At any time. Yeah. But actual booking? Uh-huh. Korean. Only Koreans. Okay? And I know that could happen because there's enough Koreans here. Yes. And get this. Not only was a room full of Koreans, there were a few Latinx people there. And the few Latinx people there, Ajima fan listeners. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I looked at that. I was like, honey, what are you doing here? How did you hear about this? She was like, um, I listened to Ajima show. And I was like, I couldn't, but my eyes fell out of my skull. I could not believe it. I was like, what? It's Who like and it's why? It's a good sign when you're more surprised than they are. <laughs> that rarely happens. It happens. No, but it, it's been happening more. Ajima listeners, you guys have been coming up to me and I'll be like, you'll be like, oh, I'm a fan of the Ajima show. And I'm like, 
you're not my friend. I've said that several <laughs> times. <laughs> like, I don't know cousin? you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did my mom send you? <laughs> like, and it's like, it's insane because you guys are telling each other and you guys are making our lives so much better. And, and so Peter and much I better. are ready for this kind of love in our lives. <laughs> I, I don't know if I've done enough self-love yeah. and I don't know if there's enough crystals, <laughs> honestly, available <laughs> for me to accept this kind of love from you guys like this is crazy the amount it's spread i mean ajima show uh, a fan base is spreading faster than COVID 19 <laughs> you know what i mean like this is crazy it's like and it's pretty it's pretty popular <laughs> shout out to uh, latinos who lunch the podcast uh -huh. who shouted us out and that's how these latinx young hot femme uh, you know, highly educated. This is our demographic. Yes, it is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We're almost the anti-Joe Rogan demographic. We're like, whoever don't, doesn't like Joe Rogan is for us. You know what I mean? Because Joe Rogan tends to be very alpha, male, leaning on like... Uh, it's, it's very... Um, uh, 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 incel adjacent. Yeah. You know what I mean? That Joe Rogan audience. Joe Rogan is so famous and so powerful. So that powerful. He has a he spawns other million listener podcasts. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like if you are on his podcast a couple of times, like you can start your own you're, business. You know, you're sad. He's giving yeah. everyone an air fryer. That's what Joe <laughs> Rogan can do. Like he is able to. Like, do you know Andrew Schultz? Yeah. I'm like very into it. I mean, people are surprised that I'd be into it, but I like him. I like very him. Very problematic, yeah. all this stuff, you know, horrible. I would say kind of um, like a road kind of hack jokes. Yeah, yeah. But his energy and his shit is funny. You know, he is funny. Hey, funny is funny is funny. Yeah. And That's so, all I care about. Yeah. And so like yeah. he is... And the thing is, he's able to do that because he does so much Rogan. Same with Tom Dillon. Exactly. That's exactly it. And I... um. I hope that one day, I know we don't have guests on this show. But who knows? But, <laughs> but who knows? <laughs> we can evolve. And secondly, just by the mere mention of being a kick-ass Korean, I hope to launch someone's career yes. one day. Yes, I'd love to And that's that. my dream. That's my dream. Yes, yes, yes. That is truly, I love that stuff. Like, to be able yeah. to send some, some like, um, like, send a recommendation someone's way. Oh, I love, I love recommending someone. Yes. There's nothing I love more than problem solving. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You got a problem? Guess what? I'll find a solution for you. Even if I have to invent the solution myself. It gets me off almost as much as pulling a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, pulling a laugh for me, comedy for me is problem solving. Yes. It's just solving for X. It's been good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, tell me, what's the Hansum about? Why are you breathing <laughs> like this? Wait, wait on, I will people say, have you in their ear holes. You have to. What's going on? <laughs> I've been doing a lot of shows. I've been doing going. I've been doing. I've been grinding a little bit, you know. Yeah. And yeah, it's like you forget when you do a lot of rooms. Like there's like a there is a pocket that you kind of have to carve out for yourself on stage. That if you get a, even a little bit lazy about it, you're floundering. Yeah. You know, and like. Definitely the, the when I listen to my um, sets, mm -hmm. 
and you know, you go through your sets and there are sets you're like, okay, I'm on, okay, I'm off, yeah. okay, I'm on, on, off, off. And the always when I the difference between a good set and a great set is that the great set, I was in it. I was present. Yeah. The presence. And and then the other sets that I'm not doing well in or I'm not like crushing in is because I'm phoning it in. Yes. I'm just doing a set. And it's hard to, that, because the thing is, like, I can be really excited about a show, but the second I step up on stage or something that's like, I'm not bringing something. And it's hard. That's mm. the X for me to solve for. Because, hmm. How well, that the and joy? a couple of jokes. <laughs> 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 There's like something about this, like, one way that I say something that yeah. I've listened to it and I'm just like, what the fuck am I saying different? I can't figure it out. It's like, I'm pretty sure I'm saying it the same. Anyways, sometimes you just have to like let the fucking joke go and then it'll come back to you. Yeah. Like um, years I, later. as for the show, you mentioned that like um, you're noticing the shows are suffering from COVID. Um, like I have are, seen are that. Being hurt? Yeah. In L.A., uh, at least like <laughs> the ones in Asian spaces <laughs> tends to be. It's getting less and less. Even other Asians I run into are being very like problematic about like, oh, coronavirus. You know, it's just like, um, do we want to do that yes. to each other? Well, I was just I was just did a sh like a show type thing for a Shabbat dinner uh, on Friday. And it was the first time that I'd had people being like, are you hugging because of the corona? And I was like, what? <laughs> Like, I wouldn't up. have hugged you anyway, but what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it was it was a little like, oh, this is like the new like stuff about boundaries that we're going to have to discuss with this, um, you know, because of COVID. Like, um, I don't know. I thought it was, yeah. it was a little weird. I, I haven't noticed any sort of numbers super down. I, I will say that a couple of shows in Chicago that were I thought were would be very um well attended were not like slightly less but i think that was more about the rain yeah i don't think it's as like crazy in chicago it's all inland um yeah like yeah the coasts are really where it's it's suffering i think yes and yeah. i also think that like i mean at least in the spaces that we are in like everyone is real is young relatively young yeah relatively we're all healthy. in our 30s like, we're good. yeah we're fine um you know we were talking about this off the um off the mic but like you know we're Which, by the way, you can and might be getting the off the mic stuff as a Patreon member. Okay, that's really where the okay. tea, that's really where the tea <laughs> occurs. <laughs> but yes, we were talking about this off the mic. Yeah, about like how you know we're just it's fine. Like this is sort of what the new reality is, guys. Like we're just gonna be there's gonna be something like this that happens every two to three years. Yeah, you know that's what we've created these super resistant bacteria. Is they it's not a thing unless it's like you know unless your eyes are bleeding. It seems like most of the people that have COVID don't even require hospitalization. Yeah, it's mostly recovering. And it's more of this, like, the the scare is about, like, being able to transmit the virus without knowing that you have it. Mm -hmm. Therefore, all these tests, because they only have, like, I don't know, 1.5 million tests for 300 million people. Yeah. <laughs> you, have you heard about this CPAC thing? Uh-uh. Okay, so... 
you know what the CPAC is? It's the Conservative Political Action Conference. Yeah. It's like the yearly conference where all the Sean Hannity's and the Matt Gaetzes yes. and, yes. you know, the Lindsey Graham's and all the fuckery happens. They all get together in circle jerk and then, you know, kill a gay prostitute yep. or something yep, like yep, that. Yep, you know yep, what I mean? Yep, that's the, yep. that's yep. their I thing. Think, I think that is actually, that is the itinerary, yeah. <laughs> that's on the agenda. <laughs> <laughs> it's itemized. But he, um, there was a guy who was there um, who had who uh, who has coronavirus, uh-huh. and he went around shaking hands with all these fucking uh, Republican congressmen. Oh my god! And these Republican congressmen had to go into because because of that are self quarantined. Yes, but. Before they, this guy, you know, Matt Gates, the guy who was being an asshole during um, the impeachment, <clears throat> he was the one leading everyone into like, uh, like charging into the rooms and being a fucking asshole and screaming about like, this isn't fair for President Trump or whatever. He's yeah. like basically Trump's little fucking crony. Uh-huh. He has like, he looks like a frat dude who, who, who like um, got cleared of his rape charges. You know what I mean? Oh, he yeah. has that face. I know that face. Yeah. He looks like um, a villain in uh, Mighty Ducks. Absolutely. He's like, that's exactly Iceland. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Strong brow, um, you know, straight teeth and uh, just like a a face that's too big for television. By the way, I did truly do that with several white comedians in the last week because I've been doing more shows. Been Uh, like waving at people and they have no idea who I am. Sometimes they're not even comedians. And I'm just like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were this other white guy that I kind of know. Well, I went went back because I was like, one of the guys was actually offended. I was like, I'm really sorry. But I went back and looked at the photos of these guys. They do really look alike. Like you guys really have to switch it up. So you guys out there, if you're a white comedian, white male comedian out there, and I'm yeah. sure there's like four or five of you listening, um, you got to switch it up. <laughs> I'm getting confused. There's definitely not four or five. <laughs> there's like maybe one it's gay just guy. Connor King. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Connor King, shout out. My cutie boy. Um, yeah, anyway, so the CPAC committee, <clears throat> the Matt Gates, this guy, before he self-quarantined, he flew on Air Force One with Trump. <gasps> oh, my God, my and- dream. Yes, and uh, what flying on Air Force One? No, no, of <laughs> or, like or c- contracting killing, disease. Yeah, of being able to transfer <laughs> a disease to President Trump that will ultimately bring him down. Yeah, well, he was on Air Force One with him, and then they got off Air Force One and then got in the same limo and drove all the way back to Capitol Hill together before he self quarantined. So now everyone's asking, "Hey, is our president slash the leader of the free world?" Has he been tested for coronavirus? Yeah. And there, and then the answer from the White House was, oh, we don't need to test him. He's constantly washing his hands. He's never going to get coronavirus. And we're, I'm like, what? This motherfucker is 70-something years old. If he gets the coronavirus, he's the vulnerable one. Yes. He's the one we're all saying, like, let's help them. That's the one. He's, he also is over, he's over 70. Like he yeah. is exactly the demographic that dies. Yes, he's the increased risk of fourteen percent mortality rate. That's the one. So I'm not saying I am wishing for our president to die not of at coronavirus. All. NSA, don't even think that. That is not what I'm saying. Yeah. I just wish he suffers yeah. a little. I'm just saying that wouldn't it be crazy cool? Wouldn't it be it- poetic justice? <laughs> If someone who's been telling us that coronavirus is a hoax gets it and is hospitalized for it. I'm just saying, 
This would st- teach children a lot about um, yes. irony. <laughs> Come up in. <laughs> you know, it's like that's a very hard concept to demonstrate. Yes, yes, yes. This is a perfect <laughs> it's a we, teachable uh, moment. Yes, if this happens, Alanis Morissette will have to rewrite her song Ironic to include <laughs> coronavirus and the president in it. <laughs> 10,000 it spoons. It is on Broadway right now. I could not wait Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, dramaturge. Dramaturge. <laughs> okay, bitch, bringing out that word. <laughs> when I first learned about that word, I was like, I, I felt like I had unlocked a level of fancy. Like, I never forget. I was like, oh, bitch. Okay. Okay. I'm out here using the word playwright like a fucking fool. <laughs> okay. See? Yeah. You listen to the Ajima show, you get one fancy word per episode, hon. <laughs> That's what you get. That is true. That is sort of true. <laughs> we do use a lot of words. <laughs> hey, we didn't fucking study the SAT verbal for that long to not retain a couple of goddamn vocabulary words, okay? It's, it's true. I yeah. I recently came upon my flashcards from back in no the day. No way. No fucking way. Yeah. How? You save them? Yeah, they're they're important to me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. They're right next to like your placenta. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, but also, by the way, there was like, you know, there was that um, study. Did you ever learn this? Like if you write really, there was like a, a study tip from Korea about mm. writing really small, helping you memorize. <sighs> did you ever do that? Uh, no, but I think some of my girlfriends in high school did that. Yes, because it's like writing I remember really that small, being you a to thing. concentrate so it, it puts it in your brain better. Oh wow! That yeah, I do remember that. So, so you used to do that. You crammed it in. Yeah. So I like you know how like used to be some like opas and like um would have like like you know the ones that were straight from Korea. They're like notebooks would be have like tiny print. Tiniest print. Yes. Tiniest. That's what it was supposed to be for. So uh, any Ajman listeners out there that are like they're nodding their heads. Yes. High fives. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> over getting over fourteen hundred on the SATs. I see you. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Um, I definitely did not. <laughs> what, Peter? Yes, you did. Oh. I did bad. No, I didn't. I got a 1260. <gasps> On the SAT? On the SATs, yeah. I was very, f- I was floored. <laughs> I thought I was, I truly went in there thinking like, 1550? <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> no problem? <laughs> I thought I was the shit. I was like, yeah, right. I can do this. <laughs> Turns out I couldn't. Okay, can I just tell you something? This makes me actually love you more. <laughs> Why? That I did bad on the SATs? Yeah, because you thought you would do great. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I went into it cocky as fuck. <laughs> but yeah, <and> I was, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, I, but yeah, I found my old things and like my old flashcards. But what I had done is like taken a regular index card and... Um, Yeah, cut them in half. And like, Uh do you imagine when I think about all the time I did, I spent devoted to like just making these perfect tiny little squares. Oh, my God. Yeah. And like writing the entire definition of the word on the other side. Uh Uh-huh. It's crazy when I think about it now. Because I I don't even do that with, I mean, there's a certain level of diligence that I bring to comedy. 
But that ain't it. That's not it. That's not it, hun. Not like that. Folding an index card in half, tiny handwriting. Tiny handwriting, and like folding it in half. Maybe we should start writing our jokes in tiny handwriting. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I ever write my jokes. I haven't. I've never. I don't think I've ever written out a joke like word for word. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I I only do keywords when I was when I was a younger comic. Yeah, when I first started comedy, yeah. I would do word for word because I was like, oh, what if I forget something? And now it's like, I just need the keyword yeah. and I'll, I'll fill it in because I speak the same way all the time. So there's no need for me to like write down how I speak. This is the reason why it's easier for you because there is no difference between you off stage and on stage. It's only okay. The difference, I, <laughs> the difference is literally the how, how high how your loud feet I are off the ground. <laughs> Like, it's just that. <laughs> like, you are not adapting a persona. You don't have to enter a space. It's just like, oh, Peter's going up uh, now. Okay, now uh, Peter's just talking about uh, stage. <laughs> He's that is very funny. Fu- you were saying to me, yeah, that to you were you. yelling at me off stage <laughs> and just do it on stage. I think similar I'm, with someone, you, right? As someone who's hung out with you before a show, it's crazy. Like, you really do not, you enter sort of a space. But you're like good. I, I turn up. I yeah. turn up. Yeah. But that's so funny that you say that because, uh, first of all, I think you are in the same boat. I don't think there's much of a difference between stage persona and Unji. But um, Eric is, and I, of course, there's yeah. a little bit. Uh, uh, Eric and I uh, just had a fight uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> last a uh, couple days ago. Okay. And he was saying <clears throat> how... It was a it was a fight about just things we were working on in our relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not even a fight. Whatever, just a talk. Yeah. But he did mention that he was like, well, you know, sometimes I because I said something. I was like talking shit about someone, mm-hmm. as I do. That's like my favorite thing. Yeah. Don't judge you know me. <laughs> Besides cooking and eating, the third favorite thing is talking shit. All right. <laughs> And I, 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 you know, I talk a lot of shit, and I was, and then he didn't jump on it. Mm-hmm. And he was just kind of being like devil's advocate about I it. And I was shit. like, I hate that shit. Okay, thank you. You yes, thank you, you, yes and my no. You yes, yes and, and my drag. Hello? I'm dragging a bitch that you don't care about. Why are you saying, well, you know, maybe da, da, da. I don't need that from you. All I need from you, my partner and my lover is, yeah, fuck that bitch. Fuck that bitch. Without that even correct. knowing. Yes. So I was explaining that to him. And he was like, well, you know, I didn't want to like jump on the thing because like, it, you know, it's just like a lot of negativity and you're always talking shit. And I was like, yeah, but I'm, I'm just having fun. Like, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. He's like, well, that's the thing, Peter. I don't know when you are Peter Kim and when you are Peter Kim, the persona, because honey, the line is getting very thin. <laughs> I would call it razor. <laughs> Pink for thin. <laughs> Like it's, you know that rice paper that like um, in yeah. Korean huts, like the doors uh-huh, are made up. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, where the light shines through. The light shines through. It's translucence. <laughs> like, I yeah, it's like like that. I guess it is. I mean, 
I don't know either, true <laughs> to be honest, because I I think I uh, when I go on stage, a part and you when you do too, or any comic, when you go on stage, your persona is the exaggerated version of this thing about you. Of course, of course, the real person has many facets, mm-hmm. right? We're deeper than the persona on stage, of course, because the persona on stage doesn't need to be three dimensional. It's just there to spit out the things, the points of views, the laughs, or whatever, yeah. right? The the person so, on stage is not folding laundry in silence. Yeah, and like minutes. hugging a friend <laughs> because you know their father died, yeah. or you know what I mean, yeah. like or like bringing someone soup because they're sick. Like the person on stage does not care about that. Yeah. The real person does, of course. And when he said that to me, I was like, oh, it really shook me because mm. I was like, man, I, I I would hate to be one of these like unaware idiots walking around as their stand-up persona. I would say that if that is, I, I would say this, the fight was not actually, he, he, he said that probably because, I, I still stand with you, of course, like, in terms of the yes ending, my no. Be with me. I, yeah. I hate that shit. Because that, to me, is more like, and this is what I tell my husband, it's like, uh. was that worth this fight? Yes! <laughs> That's exactly it. Like, was the fact that you stood up for this motherfucker who doesn't even yeah. know your name? Okay? Yeah. <laughs> was it worth this fight? Because no. I know your name, and that's why I'm screaming it at your face right now. <laughs> <laughs> With love. <laughs> like that's that's the sort of thing where I think he had. Like, you know, if he feels that way, that he's justified to feeling that way. But I, I don't. You know, Peter. Everyone who knows you, you are three three dimensional. Like I would say almost sixth dimensional. You're a Korean <laughs> elder time in space. <laughs> there's some incongruencies. Yeah, it's just like, there's a glitch in the matrix. <laughs> but like, I mean, that, that to me is like, you know, it's funny because my husband and I also had a very similar fight. <laughs> really? Look at us, our lives paralleling again. Yeah, yeah. But it's more about this. It's like, it was a very much the same thing. Is it like, is this worth your anger right is like and, and that's the thing i remember there's this um this american life about romance if you guys go through the archives and look for the valentine's day uh episodes i believe it's one of them but it's about this physicist had a system with his wife because he had a tough time like understanding a lot of her emotions and he asked that when she when their opinions or th- uh, opinions or um desires about something differed they would, he would ask her how important it was to her. Mm. So, like, if he wanted chicken for dinner and she wanted fish, he'd be like, what's your number? And she would say, this is a four, and he would say, this is a seven. So it's just uh-huh. like, how important is it to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Give me the weight. Yes. So my husband and I, I, I love this idea because it's different, right? Because some mm-hmm. shit doesn't matter to you. And for unfortunately for um, my husband, everything is a 10 for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's unsustainable. Not everyone can be a everything can be a ten. You can't attack everything at a ten. You have to prioritize. But like it's like it is. It's not sustainable. I can't be like that. I shouldn't be like that. So this is a learning thing for me. But also for him, he has to understand when there's some shit that is a hard <laughs> ten for me. You know, right. and like he can't, and, and that's like, that's a negotiation of a long-term relationship. That's it. You got to know each other's work. tens. Uh-huh. And you got to know when to hold them and when to fold them. 
You got you to know when to toast. You got to know when to <laughs> roast. You roast. You know when you got to air fry. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> we'll be right back. Chef Judy Jew learned home cooking from the best. Currently based in London, meet Judy Jew. Please welcome back my old friend, Judy Jew. Chef Judy Jew, thank you. And for more Hi, on Hi, I'm Judy Jew. I'm one of the first Iron Chefs of the UK and executive chef and partner of Jinju Restaurant in London. Kimchi means to me the essence and life and the culture of Korea. It's fermented, it's juicy, it's sour, it's sweet, it's red, it's fiery. It's the best pickle out there. I love putting it on top of french fries, like a disco fries type thing. I love putting it on top of hamburgers instead of a regular pickle. Even on top of mac and cheese, it gives everything that little bit of crunch and umami that makes you go back and back for more. Okay, we're back. We're back. We're back. And I want to... Okay, I'm going to talk about this very long article, you guys. Um, it's an excerpt Love this article. from an upcoming book mm. um, by P- Kathy Park Hong. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's called Minor Feelings, an Asian American Reckoning. Which, by Ooh. the way, I'm very excited. I've been trying to read um, a book by women of color. And I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but I read this book by this woman named Rachel Kong, K-H-O-N-G. Mm. Oh, you did talk about her. Yes. And it turned out yeah. she's not fucking Asian. She, what? She's not fucking Asian. Not, oh. this, I was, I was duped. You got bamboozled. I got bamboozled. I was like, I was like, as I'm reading it and I was, it was a very beautiful book about like her father dying of Alzheimer's. And I remember being like, oh wow, it's like kind of novel that she's not addressing any part of her Asian American identity. No. And I was like, interesting. Okay. She's not going to talk about it. And, um, and I got to the end and I look up a picture of her cause I was so, it was so baffling. And I, mm. um, look up a picture and it's just some white bitch. God. That's unacceptable. You have to make a caveat. You have to. If especially like people with like Pete Lee yeah. and shit like that. Yeah. Like he's a comic, super white from the Midwest. Yes. I bet he gets booked because people think he's Korean. All the time. This bitch yeah. probably so many people bought her bread because she's like, oh, you have to put in parentheses, I married an Asian person. <laughs> you have to say something. You have to yeah, say yeah. something. You have to. But this Don't one, I've seen me. her picture. This <laughs> she is for sure fucking Asian, and it's a really long <laughs> excerpt in uh, on BuzzFeed News, and it's mm. about the t- article. The expert excerpt is about ban- bad English being a part of mm. my Korean American heritage. Yes, and it's like she talks about a lot of like the bad in quote unquote English that's very mm. much prevalent in our stationery, our T-shirts. Yeah. Um, you know, like Korean Americans know. Like, <laughs> it's like they don't have a native speaker doing their merchandising. None. None. You know what I mean? It's like someone goes, yeah, some cocky bastard's like, yeah, I took English 101 in college. I could figure this out. And then they <laughs> conjugate it all wrong. It's like, it's, like if someone, it's like if someone just listened to Bruno Mars and was like, that's yeah. good. Love, happy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, feel good. 24K gold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so she talks very um, vividly about she uh, how she grew up in L.A.'s K-Town. And for those of you who enjoy Ajima's show, this book seems like it would be it. 
And she, there's a line here that to me resonated and like for Ajman listeners will also resonate um, in terms of both Peter and I's Asian gangster identity. Um, <laughs> the, this line, it just really got me. Um, the Korean girls I knew were so moody, they made Sylvia Plath seem as dull as C-SPAN. Some Ooh. of her, uh, uh, what? The, <laughs> Korean just girl, the Korean girls I knew were so moody, they made Sylvia Plath seem as dull as C-SPAN. Some were from LA's Koreatown, wore fake juicy couture, applied makeup like cholas, and spoke in the regional Creole accent of fob, gangsta, and valley. Quote, unquote, bitch, what you looking at? Are you a lesbo? <laughs> Asked one what? girl. Asked one girl named Grace when she caught me gawking at her white ghost lips outlined in black lip. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, what are you looking at? Are you a lesbian? That's such a like stupid ass nineties, like eighties, nineties insult. <laughs> like truly, that lesbo thing I got all the time because I stared all yeah. the time. Me too. But also, everybody stared. We're all Asian. Everyone. All staring. Asians are staring, bitch. We're taught to stare. Our eyes go from happy to stare. There's only two levels our eyes go. But it's like the image of this, like that mean, scary gangster girl. Yeah. Named Grace. <laughs> like I it love took it. This, this characterization like truly took my breath away. And she talks more about how... Um, we incorporate English into our lives and why so much so many people in K towns all over the country kind of have a like it's not about race, but it's about we're saying this way, it's not about race, it's about place. Have this sort of like urban accent, you know? Like you grew up in um Queens, you know, like that's a very mm -hmm. specific Korean people from New York and Korean people from K Town in LA that have very specific accents. Yeah, and not. they're actually very different. Yes, and they're the New and they're, York Koreans and LA Koreans are very different sounding. Yes, yeah. and they and, but then either one of them, neither one of them are inauthentic to the place that they are from. Right. You know, and so like sh the thing about like how much that Korean people learn how to swear because you know like when you're around like you pick up you when you don't know that language that well you punctuate things and you make up for words you don't know with uh, the word fuck. Of course. Oh, it's like how if you ever worked in a restaurant and you're like, especially in Asian restaurants and the whole kitchen staff is Mexican. Yes. You know, and the Mexicans are always cursing and making fun of you. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and they used to call me pinche gordo, <laughs> like <laughs> fucking fatty. <laughs> and I and I would go in there and just like smile and laugh and like pick up these words. <laughs> and That's all I knew how to say, like pinche tu madre, you know, like cierre la trampa, which means like shut your snout. <laughs> I, you know. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing, like the, this whole essay is sort of about the beauty of these kind of like little snippets of bad English that like, that, um, bind a community of a place and a time together, you know, like when we talk about this stuff and we talk about like various types of accents, like, you know, you know, Peter, you and I both do an um, imitation of our mother and like, you know, there's mm. like a certain level of love with which you do an impression of them. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's that's it's about that ownership over how they are a lot, how they speak. That right. is like such an integral part of our um, 
community. And like, there's this phrase that she says, uh, she take, takes some time with this specific phrase from uh, English.com. It's a gag site <laughs> <laughs> of those photos. It's like, you know, meme culture shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and one of the ones she really likes is the phrase, um, I feel a happiness when I eat him. <laughs> and, <laughs> and this is what she says. It has all the, char- all the traits of a surprisingly poetic line. A familiar sentiment is now unfamiliar because chance has turned error into Eros. Isn't that gorgeous? Oh, yes. I love that. Yeah. Eros as in the Greek god of love? Uh-huh. Oh, I, I love that. I feel a happiness when I eat him. And so like the whole essay, the whole book I can imagine is filled with these sort of like really poetic punctuations to like very incisive things about like life yeah. and conversation and language. And right. I mean, I will say that the thing that I really want to end on is because this was like a beautiful like meditation on language, which, you know, I, I, I could talk about all day. And mm-hmm. also specifically bad English, because like that to me and the accent of various Korean groups is to me eternally interesting. And I think mm-hmm. some of that is because I have a satori. And so like even I've always been made fun of for my own Korean and, and being bad at Korean, but also on top yeah. of that being very country sa- sounding. So like, you yeah, know, language is very tribal yes. and it, it, it really triggers that in us and that in group out group. And the minute someone sounds different, it's like the first thing we could, especially when you can't tell the difference in skin color, you yes. have to go to language. And, and so like, and, and the thing, it wasn't like they didn't, um, because it's Satori, it's not like people weren't like, oh, you're bad. It was like, it was like they made fun of me in a very like, uh, nice way because oh. my accent was actually a lot like Dr. Pooh, who was a, <laughs> Dr. Pooh was the Korean pediatrician in the Chicagoland area. No you, way. Yes, Dr. Pooh. Yes. What last name is that? I don't know. In Korean. Probably Kim. What? What are you talking no, about? I, Why no, is his, his name His Poo? first name was like Dr. Poo something else. And his last name oh, was Kim. And oh, he oh. was that. But, but everyone calls oh, him Dr. No. Poo. Yeah. No. Yes. Yes. And Dr. And Poo. And he's a pediatrician? Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. Very famous. If you are f- from the Chicagoland area and you're a Korean kid, you know exactly. You guys are you are screaming at the um, whatever device you use to listen to a podcast right now. Dr. Poo. <laughs> Very famous, very, very rich, and very, very generous. Like, he wow. gave thousands. He was, like, very, very religious and a very good man. But he's also, he was from Busan. Uh-huh. So he had a very thick sotori. Uh-huh. And so whenever I would go, he would always, like, make me feel very good about my sotori. And, like, talk to uh-huh. my mother. And he was always like, oh, it's so good to hear, you know, the Busan accent, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah. And um, so, like, that's why I think he was a big part of why I was not ostracized and made fun of, like, totally. Because I sounded gotcha. like Dr. Pooh. <laughs> See, representation matters. Yeah, I mean, like that. So the the thing I really wanted to get to is that she talks about like the way that English is like intruding upon Korean, the Korean language, even in Korea, because the sort of the mm-hmm. ubiquity of all English words on even on letter on um, <coughs> clothing on letterhead. You know, like English is on everything. Yeah. Everyone knows how to yeah. read. And um, there's this moment where she was like, she's talking about how the how sad it is that um, Korean teenagers choose to express their love by saying "I love you" mm. as opposed to saying "사랑해." 사랑해. Yeah, I, it's so awkward for me to say "사랑해" yes. to my mom. Yes, 
We and then my mom too. My mom can't say 사랑해. She says I love you because there's a distancing. Yes. And there's an emotional distancing between because if you say 사랑해, it's like too much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even in all K dramas, when there is the when they make their declaration, they say 좋아해. Like they like you. Yeah. That's yeah, like the yeah. big grand declaration. So uh-huh. the fact that there's even <laughs> that our culture is like there's like a new way <laughs> of creating more of distance. S- uh, <laughs> yeah, to circumventing saying I love you. But the, but the what she says is among the Korean teens why they say I love you is that in their minds it feels like a more authentic way of expressing love. Really? Yes. <gasps> is that That's sad? super interesting and sad. Yes. Yeah. And like somehow like even in Korea that English is the lingua franca like that oh my <laughs> you know? God. like that is somehow the standard right right and, and especially yeah. like you know we see it in parasite too the movie where <clears throat> the the rich mom is constantly like flipping in and out of english yes. to show her status and her learnedness yes you know and and i'm sure a lot of it has to do with that too oh it's 100% that yeah because yes. my cousin <sighs> who um studied here they're very affluent they're very rich in korea you know they're rich here i mean yeah so only time i've been to like half the places downtown was because of them and um it's like that is definitely a part of it like being able to switch back and forth and also the thing was like it's from korea it's from america it's It's from america America. bj yeah 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 made in america made in america but yeah, I will will um, link to this article. It's very good. I, I'm not even talking about half the stuff because it's just too big. Um, I would have picked. I would have to pick one thing and I couldn't. So yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. It's go check book. it out on BuzzFeedNews.com. Yes, you can search for it um, probably through the writer's name, Kathy yes. Park Hong. Yes, and we can. Um, we'll tweet it out a lot. Um, yes, we'll tweet out her name. Yeah. Um, with the the episode. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, definitely a, a really good read. So take a, I don't know, a long bus ride and give it a, give it a look see. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> um, so a bit of good news today coming out of our government, which never happens. Um, the U.S. House of Representatives finally passed a bill. Uh, it's called the Divided Families Reunification Act. And it was introduced by Representative Grace Meng, Democrat from New York. And the bill it, it will help Korean Americans reunite with their North Korean families mm-hmm. that they were separated from yeah. due to the Korean War or what we call the Forgotten War. Yes. Now, uh, this is really amazing. This is, there's a lot of reunification efforts happening. What does this actually mean? Well, what it's doing is the bill directs the Department of State, the State Department, led by the fucking idiot Pompeo. Looking like a cl- like a bloated clown on TV, mm-hmm. okay. He and his State Department are to consult with the South Korean government on opportunities for reunions between Korean Americans and their North Korean family members. It also requires the State Department to periodically report to Congress on the progress of such consultations. Okay, so I I'm not a legal genius. It, this sounds like first of all, it's a bill that's been passed in the House, so it has to go to Senate. Yeah. And uh, there's another. Uh, who's that Hawaii uh, uh, senator, Hirono? Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot. It's it's. Uh, I forgot her name. I think it might be Hirono. Anyway, there's a uh, Hawaiian slash Japanese uh, ethnic 
senator from Hawaii who is matching efforts in the Senate. So I think they're coming together in a unified kind of, uh, you know, no pun intended, but a unified effort Maisie, to get uh, Hirono. He, yeah, Maisie Hirono. They will be uh, introducing this so that ugh, fucking Trump could sign away on it. Uh, but this will be at the first uh, iteration of America helping Korean Americans mm-hmm. and Korean Americans would not really be here unless America involved itself in the war. Yeah. So it's basically taking accountability and um, and delivering on what the war has uh, torn asunder that um, now in 2020 American lawmakers can look out for us because I'll tell you what, I have people in North Korea. I don't know who they are, but there's a whole chunk of my family that's, uh, they might have, they might all be dead. Who knows? But have your parents uh, ever? So like historically, this was a very popular bill, by the way, like this was bipartisan as fuck. Um, it was 391 to zero. Yeah, I mean, this was an enormously popular bill. And because yeah. um, it's like it was just like easy because one, none of their most of the Republican constituents, they don't care about something like this. Right. Yeah. Or they they their constituents served in Korea. And so they are fine with this, you know. But yeah. historic before this, Korean Americans had had to go through Korea. And yep. that was also a whole other thing because Korea South Korean and North Korean, depending on when it was happening, it was like the relations would be fucked. Mm-hmm. And and also Korean Americans typically have less priority than the people that are currently in Korea. Right. So, I mean, this was like, this is a really great thing. It's been in the works for a bit. Yeah. It's yeah. great. And it's finally passed. And hopefully it'll go right through Senate and right up to the executive branch. And we will get a little more... Um, you know, the bill doesn't really put out much, but at least there is something uh, that is being there's a skeleton available for whoever needs to do this. The American government is now required, if this bill passes into law, required to help. And that's the coolest thing. That is very cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's something to celebrate. And here's what we talk shit on Trump and the GOP and all this and our government and, you know, uh, whatever. But I think it's prudent upon us to talk about the wins as well. And this is a win for us. I mean, those motherfuckers love their troops. <laughs> they love they the fucking love troops. The troops. So anything with war. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're into. <laughs> and also, Korean Americans are like, Weirdly conservative, you know, like there's a lot of conservative Koreans that like advocate for this stuff, you know, like the crazy Christians and also like they love. They ever tell you that my parents bought their house from like uh, like a one of those. um, He's like a bunker, dude. What? Like a doomsday bunker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Guy that like wore like a belt of stuff, you know, like he had owned many weapons, many guns. Like a utility belt? Oh my God. He had owned what? many guns. Yeah. He was like a libertarian militia dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dude, wow. he had a house across my, bo- my parents bought his bunker basically. Like he, so crazy. Had, he owned the house across from his primary residence. Uh-huh. And it was like a smaller shittier house. And he just put stuff in there and shot guns in the basement. Oh my God! I know. I went to college slash lived with someone like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna say his name, but I recently met someone that knows him and was so surprised that I was friends with him or that I lived with him. 
and he had he you know he had some issues yeah. but he you know who doesn't right but he had in our home in our college home he had multiple guns oh my in god his closet and one of them was a semi-automatic <gasps> like a rifle and he would shoot the guns on our roof into the air which is so fucking dangerous you know what I mean? And I, I, and we would get into constantly fight. I would scream at him, be like, get these fucking guns out of here! <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? And we would get into so many fights because I'm very anti that. Yeah, same, same, same. And, and he, um, and I remember like right around graduation when we were all leaving, you know, our, our relationship had frayed, you know, yeah. because of said guns. And he, <laughs> and he came up to me and you know what he said? He said, Yo, Peter, you know I ain't afraid of no one, right? <laughs> and I go, yeah, yeah, you, because of the guns. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, 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 you know, like I'll fucking kill anyone. Like I, I know I'm not afraid of anyone. I was like, oh okay, okay. And he goes, the only person I'm afraid of is you. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a go, beautiful thing to give you for like a graduation <laughs> gift. As a graduation gift, <laughs> I it was so unprepared for it. I was like, "What?" He was like, "Man, like I might, I could like fuck you up. I could beat the shit out of you, but like I'm afraid of that mouth." <laughs> <laughs> and then I sucked his dick. So you know. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break and come back with you guys Koreans. Women have to support each other in business, um, particularly in businesses like mine where there are no women. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm coming from a lot of male-dominated areas. You know, first I was an engineering major where there were no women and the women that were there didn't look like women and then I went to a trading floor which is another testosterone arena I was the only female in my entire group that wasn't a secretary you know I was the only female professional and then I go into kitchens so it's it's a bit of this weird um, life and of always wearing you know the man's pants I guess um, We're back. Um, it's time for Kick Ass Koreans, y'all. Key! Yeah! All right, I'm so excited for this person because uh, this person, okay, let's just get into it. Jennifer Lee, aka Toki Monster. Toki Monster! Okay, B uh, brilliant, beautiful DJ slash uh, uh, artist from LA. Um, and I heard her fucking song on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, blah, 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 blah. And that was from Toki Monster. And I was like, ah! And I started screaming. <laughs> Remember when I heard Rieji in San Diego? Yeah, I started yeah. screaming. Yeah. Same thing happened. And I was like, okay, I need to do a deep dive on Toki Monster. She's amazing. To amazing. Amazing. First of all, she has this crazy ass story. She was diagnosed with Moya Moya disease mm -hmm. in late 2015. Moya Moya? Which is like, What's mo mo Moya? Moya Moya Moya. <laughs> moya. <laughs> yeah, Moya. Moya. Yeah, boya, boya. Boya, boya. <laughs> so stupid. That's such a like Congress joke that only Ajumba people will understand. <laughs> anyway, um, so it, it's a it's a disease that affects the brain. So she had to undergo two brain surgeries, mm -hmm. two open 
skull brain surgeries. Yes. She briefly lost language and comprehension skills. Mm-hmm. She couldn't speak. Yes. And then once they were regained, Toki Monster eventually began work on her latest album, Loon Rouge, which she's very popular for, mm-hmm. despite not being able to fully understand music. This is the fucking resilience I'm talking about. Yes. This is it. This is the kickassery. She has noticed that uh, um, she had noticed that uh, this album was most uh, what? Oh, she had noted that this album was her most personal piece of work due to the difficulties experienced during while she was making it, of course. And she discusses surmounting these challenges in Vox's Netflix series Explained, season one, episode twenty. Check her out; she's on it. Yes, it's great. It's great. She's great. On it's it. great. And in two thousand nineteen, she was nominated for Grammy Award for mm-hmm. Best Dance Slash Electronic Album. Yes, I mean, this bitch is it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, for that same album, Loon Rouge. Okay, first Asian American to be nominated in that category. By the way, yes, right. Um, also, this new she has a new one, Oasis Nocturno, mm-hmm. and this is a nocturnal. Uh, this is from her website, Nocturnal Opus. That might be the best thing the producer born Jennifer Lee has ever done. Visualize a neon lit till the break of dawn journey filled with weightless grooves and propulsive funk, featuring assists from BB Borley, Earth Gang. Channel, Trace, Dumbfounded, one of our old kick-ass Koreans, and more. And this is from, what a beautifully written thing. She's just like um, ethereal, um, otherworldly, but like really like in this like pop R&B funk groove. Like she's so cool. I want to meet her so bad. She, and she's touring all over the country. Go see her. Oh, she's great. Mikey and Gascarine and also, like, if you follow there. her Instagram, she's, like, always so grateful for everything because of, like, all, like how fucked up her, like, last yeah. couple of years have been, you know? Yeah. Um, strangely enough, I was texting my friend who, like, if you go and watch her latest music video, like, my my um, friend from high school, like, create art directed it. <gasps> what? Mm-hmm. I remember I was oh telling my you God. about, like, very You're, cool like, one friend. degree away. What? You're one degree away from Toki Monster. Yeah. <laughs> yes and she's like oh you were like God. we're all about elevating the fe- female asian voice it's been Ameri- amazing <gasps> she's like really because they've been they've been friends since like they were very young at like fabric in london and stuff like because she's been on the oh scene and making God. music and being like a dj for a long time but um yeah like her experience in the last couple of years has really also like i think for all of us 2016 mm. being so traumatic like we all understand yeah. what it is to be um, like I think what it means to be Asian has like really started to resonate a little more deeply with us. Our relationship Absolutely. with our own race has changed, right? Yeah, especially with this coronavirus thing. Yeah. Like we're really <laughs> having to deal with, and that's not even a joke. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know if you've been, we've been talking about like how we've been being treated, mm-hmm. but there's like fucking awful, cruel stories out there, yes, and it's really showing yes. how how differently we are looked at. And when in times of this, we have to all come together, you know, and, and be one so that they can't divide us, isn't my point. We got it. Haiting. Yeah, Haiting. Okay. Um, my kick-ass Korean is Soyoung Kim. Yes. So filmmaker. Young. She is a filmmaker, independent filmmaker. Yes. Um, and she's like done a lot of cool stuff. She was born in Busan. I do like to highlight the Busan people. You always be <laughs> highlighting Busan, your people. I do like Busan. Your fam. Also, Busan people look different. They're okay. Darker, a little more. Busan ladies are supposed to be very pretty. That's like the thing. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I only know mm-hmm. that we were supposed to be like shikame. <laughs> 
I just know that we're, uh, we we are known to be small and dirty looking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, that's, my, that's maybe that's my that. mom. You know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like she has had a lot of. She won um, the special jury prize at Sundance for her mm. debut in, called In Between Days, and uh, it was like loosely um, inspired by her own um, life. And it was improvised by like this teenage cast. It's very cool. Um, she was like, you know, one of the first Sundance film people to be nominated. Asian people, um, Asian American. Cool. She's done a lot of stuff. She directly did the music video for Mitski, uh, "A Burning mm. Hill." I don't know if you are familiar with that song. Great. I also love Mitski. Um, but aside from all this, she is basically a working creative, and that's mm. what Peter and I are as well. Right, like she's um, pretty successful. She's had stuff. She obviously has a Wikipedia page, all those things, and her IMDb page, I'm sure, is also stacked. But she's a working professional. She's a working creative, and also mm. a, a parent of two children. And her husband is also a working creative. And I found this chronicle of her living this integrated life as a mother, a wife, and a filmmaker. And that, to me, is like very uh, close. This way that I've um, my the way my way into her and i mm. uh, will put up a link to it and it's just like you know peter and i grapple with it at the top of the show you hear us talk about how, what it is to have a partner and live a life and try to make money as a working creative and you know it's just like everyone is not um there's a spectrum of being a working creative. There are, there's everything from winning six, uh, six Oscars, obviously <laughs> to <laughs> us, you know, and we're all doing it right. Like yeah. that's, that's the thing about, um, being in this industry that I sometimes, I really do enjoy. And I think in, as we move into this next, um, as we move into this like new age of like digitized content and streaming and stuff like that, it sucks. But also to me, and I've talked to you about this, Peter, right? This is like, to me, the only industry in which there is an emerging middle class mm. like you can be you're hustling and you're making your own thing and if you do it hard enough you can sort of make your the ends meet you can fucking kind of yeah do it. yeah you can find your niche audience it doesn't need to be like oh you know fucking nielsen ratings and exactly. we have to get like eight million viewers or we're gonna get canceled yes. okay cancel me yeah i'll do it on my own exactly and it could do this and there's patreon there's all these like different ways of getting there yes and for me it was just like what like he, getting to read this um a, a like chronicle of her actually living a life as a parent as a partner and as creative um in this very intense intimate way that was like that was very cool i mean you guys kind of get that with ajima but this was like a different way and she's also like a very like i mean i you know we're I would pride myself on being a, a pretty good comedian, but, you know, she's, like, fucking at a level, you know? <laughs> yeah, she's on the next yeah, level. She's, like, she's doing Sundance and shit, you know? Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> she's got a wiki page, Yeah, huh? she's a wiki page. Like, you know, I get it. Like, there's a difference. Should we make Wikipedia pages for each other? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like jokepalya if you do it yourself, yeah. but, like... <laughs> If we do it for each other, it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. Maybe Phil could do it for both of us. Ah, shout out to our engineer, Phil. Yeah. We love you. Um, All right. So yeah, go check out Soyoung cool. Kim. Yeah. This just, yeah. It's just like to me, just having another plot, another data point, mm. you know, of like a person that like we're, um, that we're not a monolith, that it's just another point on the, on the spectrum of working creative. That's another Korean American. She's fucking doing it. 
That's, That's why. It. I could guess Korean. Inspiring. Hell yeah. All right. So uh, I will be, as far as shows, I'm coming back to Chicago tomorrow. I, I mean, know. today. When, if you listen today? to this today, I'll be in Chicago. Uh, so uh, come out to Tuxedo Cat. It's a great show over at, um, what is it, Holiday Club? No, Beauty Bar. It's at Beauty Bar? Yes. I thought it was at Holiday Club. No. Oops. Okay. Well, come to Tuxedo <laughs> Cat at Beauty Bar. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I'll be at Grand. If anyone listening is in Grand Rapids or in Michigan near there, I'll be at the Gilda's Laugh Fest. It's a county festival. I'll be performing on Friday and Sunday. Uh, DM me if you want to come. I, I don't know how tickets work. I think you have to get festival stuff. But if you're around, come. We, I'd love to meet you. Um, tonight, because it's going to be Thursday. Thursday. Um, I am going to be at the Celebrity Spelling Bee. Um, it's a okay. event uh, at Park West. I believe tickets might be sold out, but if you, I think it's probably you can walk up. It's fine. But it's like um, I will be. I, I don't. I'm not really being doing stand-up, but I will be spelling words in a humorous way. And um, <laughs> I'm doing it with uh, Ryan Asher and Jeff Murdoch will also be hosting. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So, that's right. Yes. So I will be cool. there. And then on Friday, I will be looking for shows and Saturday looking for shows. So if you are com- one of the four white comedians listening to it, let me know. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Th- thank you so much for listening. Look out for Good Citizen Comedy. It's coming to L.A. weekly on Wednesdays at the Blue Goose Lounge. It's going to be fun. Where It's going to be Korean comics. It's going to be Amazing, karaoke. Yeah. It, it, I can't wait. So please, please come out starting April 1st. Bring all your friends. All right. That's it for us. Thank you so much for listening. Cover your mouths. Wash your hands. And be nice to each other. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.